Clio that I have used for so many years. It's cracking and coming apart. But until it falls completely apart, I'll probably continue to use it. But I have a little uh, deal between my wife and I. That when someone is speaking jewel to speak, and they hit something, the topic that I am to deal with, that I've already got prepared, I will take the little portfolio and wave it at her. I'm about to get something wrong with my wrist from so much this evening. I want to go to the book of Proverbs, and you can go ahead and put up my title slide. It'll be... I'm, this is, would be session two of who knows how many, maybe two, maybe two dozen, who knows, of practical leadership. We can get all these highfalutin, high-flying ideas about leadership, ethereal, insubstantial, way beyond our abilities, but a lot of it comes down to the tools of the trade. Now, it doesn't matter what trade you are in. There are tools for that trade. I, I start out with this corner here, and uh, that's, that's where I started with uh, welding machines and cutting torches. Uh, my father was an oil field welder. And I did my first welding job when I was 10 years old. I am glad that it is not in anybody's file. It's in some junkyard somewhere. Because though it held, it did not look good at all. But by the time I was 18, I could do a professional job. In fact, they, I had my own truck and could go out on my own to jobs and do them. Well, much younger than 18, actually. But in Proverbs chapter 4, we uh, come to verse 1. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs, in case you haven't noticed. If you, if you don't know what to do, well, just read Proverbs. You'll get some ideas. Proverbs Four and one, my children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. You see, there are those that have gone along these paths before us. And uh, while a child has not been 40, a parent has been 16. They've already been through that and have some perspective from the other side of it that it would do well for those who are yet in the process to listen to. Pay attention and learn good judgment. I believe it was Mark Twain 
who made the comment that when he is, he was 14, his father was so ignorant. He didn't know how he was going to make it at all. But by the time Mark Twain turned 21, his father had learned so much and was a very intelligent man at that point. Verse 2, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instruction. He's giving guidance and actually the tools of the trade. Now, I started out with a welding machine and a cutting torch, but these days, this is one of the tools of the trade. I'm not much better with this than I was that first welding job. <laughs> but at least I, I know how to turn it on and turn it off. <laughs> I am scheduled to get some help later on this evening with some of this because you need to keep learning how to use the tools of the trade, whether it's woodwork or those sculpting tools that were in the other corner across from the, the welding, whether it is mechanics tools, what, whatever you're going to do. I, I was just trying to figure it up. I forgot to put a, a tape on it, but I believe I have somewhere in the neighborhood of, of probably 100 square feet of pegboard in my garage with tools of various kinds hung on, on uh, peg hooks. Uh, tools from my insulation business, tools, uh, some of them that I got from my father uh, when he died and were used in the welding business, uh, some that I have accumulated while I was uh, working uh, as a landlord taking care of properties. Uh, in the house, I have different sets of tools, some of them going back to when uh, many of them for when I was uh, writing for Word of Flame or when I was editing for Word of Flame, some for when I was editor of the Oklahoma District Beacon, the, the oldest district newspaper in the United Pentecostal Church. Um, they're tools, tools that you have to learn to use. And in verse 5, we read these words in, in Proverbs 4. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. You see, for leadership, the tools of the trade are knowledge, understanding, and wisdom accumulated in that order. And he, the author here says, get wisdom. Develop good judgment. I, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we choose our political leaders, or should, on the basis of their ability to make good decisions. That's what it boils down to. Can they make a decision that is good for the community. Sometimes we don't think in those terms and, and we pay for it. But leadership comes down to judgment. 
can you face a situation with multiple paths to take and choose the right one? If you can, you're using the tools of the trade. Verse number seven, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. I see a theme developing here. I see something that who, we know this was Solomon, but, but he is, is going over and over. These are the tools that you need for life. And these are the tools that you need for leadership. If, if you are a leader doing a good job, you may fall down somewhat in the oratory category. You may not be able to speak well and probably like Moses, you will think you cannot speak well. It's interesting how sometimes we think we can do anything, do it better than anybody else and then turn right around and feel like we can't do anything at all that everybody's better than we are and we're wrong on both counts. Learn the tools of the trade. Verse 13, take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. Oh, yes, there was a reason I used that book. There's a reason that the background, sometimes hard to read what the scripture is, but the background is books. Leadership involves learning. And one of the quickest, easiest ways to learn is to read. And to read more than just a narrow little slice of knowledge. I have, I forgot to get it out this evening to bring it up here. I've got a, a thick book that I just bought. <clears throat> Robert's Rules of Order Newly Revised. Close to 800 pages. Well, Brother Moss, haven't you worked with Robert's Rules of Order and used them for over 50 years? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. But now I'm sitting, surprisingly, <laughs> nobody here more surprised about it than I am. I'm sitting on a district board, which is charged with making good decisions for the district. And there's a little line in the manual of the United Pentecostal Church International. And it says that our business meetings are to be conducted according to Robert's Rules of Order Revised. That is the tool that we use to do business. 
And if I'm going to be in this business, I need to have access and have a knowledge of how to use the tools, even if it is somewhere in the neighborhood of eight or 900 pages long. I don't have to memorize it. And it is way different than a book that I read earlier this year, Turn the Ship Around by a Navy captain who had been a captain of a, a, a nuclear submarine based out of Hawaii. There is a vast difference between turn the ship around and Robert's Rules of Order revised, newly revised. <laughs> Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. You've got to... You've got to have some instructions, some knowledge, some direction on how to do things. You can't just walk in and be in charge. I heard the story, I'll, I'll just keep it as generic as I can, of a, uh, of a man who, who was unemployed, but he wanted a job as a manager. He had never worked much as a laborer but he thought he'd like the job of a manager. It doesn't work that way, people. I got a job one time in a printing shop. And so I, I get the, the job and, and I, I don't realize when I get the job that the whole shop is dysfunctional. I am walking into chaos and don't realize it. And so I'm, I'm there and, and I'm standing around with my teeth in my mouth and, and everybody is working, busy, and the man who is my boss is not paying any attention to me. And he's, he's running the, the cutter which slices the... Uh, the printed materials and makes uh, stuff ready to bind into books and to send out as, as uh, uh, stationary and, and all this kind of stuff. And he's busy and he won't pay attention to me. He won't give me any instructions. He's not giving me any direction. And, and he's mad at his boss, the owner. And, and so he's taking it out on me. And, and uh, I talked to one of the other workers, a lady that's working there, and I have no idea that you need to watch every word, every syllable you say around her. And I, she told me to do something and, and said, you know, I'm, I'm not your boss. I said, well, I'm, I'm so new here that I just, I don't know enough, but I just count everybody as my boss. And I, I'm ready to learn from anybody. Well, a few minutes later, I find myself in the owner's office. And the story has come from her that this young whippersnapper that has just been hired has said that nobody's his boss, that Bill who is ignoring him is not his boss, that nobody can tell him what to do. And I thought, where did that come from? Uh, 
I did not even know yet where the restroom was. And yet there's this, oh, he's trying to be the boss or take over. No, 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 no. But I will tell you that I did pay attention, that I did read, that I did watch, that I did learn. And when I left that job two years later to go to work for Word of Flame publications as an editor, that I was foreman of the bindery running the cutter that the fellow was running when he would not pay attention to me that first day. How'd that happen? Well, he just learned the tools of the trade and he quit. And I was now available. Hold on, get some, get some knowledge of what's going on. Well, how do I know what knowledge I need? You need it all. It, it's very unusual to learn something that will not come in handy somewhere, sometime. My head is crammed full of stuff that seems to be useless until it's just what's needed. I've studied all various kinds of sciences. I, I, I enjoy the beauty of mathematics. I like literature. I do writing. I, I, I've taken courses. I even took a course one time in how to run a computer. I, did, I made an A in the course. And none of that stuff is used anymore. Well, no, that was even earlier. Yeah, one of my first classes at the University of Texas was, was introduction to engineering and, and they gave us a formula, of a problem that we had to, to take, uh, to learn, to work out and we had to do it with a computer that filled a three-story building and didn't have as much power as this does. Probably didn't have as much power as this does. And I had this, in fact, I found them the other day. You're gonna to have to deal with it. I found my stack of punch cards. <laughs> and I kept them. And I, I, I remember when they used to say, be a key punch operator. It's the job of the future. That's why you've got to keep learning. That's why you've got to keep get learning new tools, working with different things. Brother Moss, what's this got to do with church? It's got everything to do with the leadership of God's people. It's got everything to do with being ready when the Lord calls and and is ready for you to step into a position, you need to be prepared as you can be. Let's get my last scripture up there. This is from Proverbs 19, verse 27. 
If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge and it ought to be obvious to all of us in these days that knowledge is on an exponential curve. It's not just adding to or multiplying. It is being hit on an exponential curve going almost straight up. Don't, don't stop listening to instruction. Don't stop learning. Uh, the reason I've used uh, so much of, of books, and in, in case you haven't figured it out, I'm, I'm a bit of a bibliophile. Uh, I, I, I really like books. I like to read. I like to know. But we, we need, that's the place where it's easy to get knowledge, to know things, to file things away. So many times, if we'll just read it, if we'll, you don't always have to, to study deeply and, and uh, do like a, a, a Bible quizzer and memorize it word perfect. But if you just put it in there, it's amazing what comes back out when you need it. It's amazing what's, what's filed away and you didn't even know it was filed away. It's in one of those hidden files that, that you don't seem to have the key to, but, but a situation will have the key to it. And the more you put in, the more is available for God to use. Works with his word, and it also works with general knowledge. Put it in there. Because the more we have in there, the more we have to relate together to get understanding. See, knowledge is facts, it's learning. But understanding is the correlation of that knowledge. What does the price of apples in Spain have to do with the trade routes in the Middle East? Well, I'm sure that there's a connection there somewhere and it might just be important sometime to be able to understand the connection between the two. Understanding the correlation of that knowledge with itself and, and within itself. And then wisdom is the proper use of knowledge and understanding. It's one thing to know something. It's another to understand how that fits with other things. But it is reaching the heights when you can take that knowledge and that understanding and you can apply it to a situation and come up with a right answer, a right direction, a right uh, counsel that can lead folks Say, well, Brother Moss, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know that I could do that. Let me, let me remind you of something that every one of you that have had jobs and have diff had different jobs already knows, but you may not know that you know it. And that is you are never really prepared to take on a new job. 
you take on a new job, by definition, you don't know what you're doing. I didn't know what I was doing when my dad stuck that acetylene torch in my hand and gave me a brass rod in the other hand and said, fix that. And then stood around behind me with his own goggles and gloves on and guided my hands. That's the reason the thing stayed together. I was the reason it didn't look any good. I didn't know anything about filling out a sales slip when I became a salesman at C.R. Anthony Company. I had to learn how to wrap packages. I can wrap Christmas packages real well. <clears throat> because Paul Randolph stood over me in the back of a C.R. Anthony store while I wrapped box after box after box, package after package of shoes and shirts and pants and and. and they had to look good because they were a representation of what that company was putting out. I didn't know much of anything about working as an inspector for Red Pump Company, making oil field pumps, pumps that were sold all over the world. They were used in West Texas. They were used in Venezuela. They were used in Saudi Arabia. They were used all over the world. Anywhere that they found oil, Red a pump was there. They had to teach me how to use the gauges. I wasn't ready for that job, but by the time the whistle blew the first evening, I was ready for the job. They had taught me. I'd learned. I, I, I had a lot of, of fine-tuning to do. I wasn't ready to work in that print shop. I didn't know what to do. I'd never worked at a stitcher, throwing parts of a book on and watching it go down and the next one throw part of the book on and on down the line until it, it began to uh, tie them all together with those staples. But I learned, but I wasn't prepared to start. I'm glad nobody recorded my first sermon One of the men I was ordained with said that his first sermon was on and uh. And uh. He said he was so relieved and so glad when they came up with, you know. I didn't know anything about being an editor. When Word of Flame called me to work doing the senior high literature. Then later, I got a, I was working doing the, the Oklahoma Beacon and that's an entirely different kind of editing because I didn't get it all fixed up like I wanted it and send it off and somebody else had put it together. I had to put it together. I wasn't ready for that. You're never ready for the job you start, but you're ready to do what you're called to do if you've prepared and learned the tools of the trade.
tools of the trade and leadership. And that's what this session is tonight, leadership. One of the things you have to have in leadership, one of the tools is patience. Lord, give me patience right now. The problem with leadership is that you're working with people. And people mean well, but they got problems. And some problems, sometimes their problems slow them down. And what should be obvious to them is not obvious to them. What they should have known, they didn't, they haven't learned it yet. What should be easy, they're, they're mountain climbing over molehills. They got this big rope and the, the spikes and the, the, the pistons to drive into the rocks and, <laughs> and the boots. And, <laughs> and there's the molehill. <laughs> so you have to have patience. You need to learn from experience. I've noticed that if we, if the Lord gives us a test, you know, the Lord does different than, than school. In school, they give you the lesson, and then you get the test. A lot of times with the Lord, he gives you the test, and then you get the lesson. But thing is, if we get the test, and we don't do so well, and we, we don't learn the lesson, we get the test again. Over and over. You need to learn from experience. When you learn that the stove is hot, don't touch it anymore. And the thing is, our lives are so short that we don't have time to make all the mistakes ourselves. And some of them are deadly, so that doesn't work out real well anyhow. So you need, one of the tools of the trade is to learn from other people's experiences. And again, that's where reading comes in where you can read about leaders. I've, I've got a book going right now on, on uh, the power of the Lincoln and the power of the press. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln owned a German language newspaper? He wanted the German vote. So he owned and published a German language. He couldn't speak a word of German. He never read a, a page of his own newspaper. He may have looked at it, but he couldn't read it but learn what they did that was successful and learn what they did that didn't work out too well. Learn from other people's experience. It's one of the tools of the trade. It's called observation. Observe, watch people, watch, read the books, learn the things, figure out how did that work out for them. And if it didn't work out too well for them, it might be a good idea not to do that. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. Let's go to that last title slide again. <clears throat> I haven't talked about all the tools of the trade. I've just, I've just hit some high points. There's... Sculptor's tools, especially for working with clay, mechanics, and 
woodworking up in the other corner. We need to learn the tools of the trade, to use the tools of the trade. Study, of course, prayer, compassion, patience, learning from our own experiences, learning, observing others, learning that if God says it, then that's the thing to do. No matter how it may look, no matter what advice you may have against it. I remember early, early, early in my walk with God. I felt such a such an urge and such a desire to to work for him, and I knew I was uh, I'd already been through that wrestling match, so I knew I was supposed to, to preach. Folks were advising me to, to go to school, and I'm not against school. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. <clears throat> but that just wasn't, wasn't on the program for me. Get all the education you can get that's appropriate for for your state, for your situation. People use the arguments, same arguments I'd used with God, and they didn't work there, so I wasn't going to let them work on me. Oh, if you'll, you'll get a, a degree and get you a good education, and you can get a degree, and you can put more money in the church. Yeah, that's true. That wasn't what God was calling me to do. Several years later, I found myself walking railroad tracks, telling the Lord, we don't have any money here, Lord. I don't see any chance of getting any. But I'll tell you what, and this was in a time when a man could raise a family on $6,000 a year and do a good job of it. Some of you have no idea you've never seen those days, but I'm old enough I've seen them. And at that time, I had an offer of a job in Texas that would pay me $20,000 a year to start. And I was, uh, I was ready to <clears throat> tell the Lord, in fact, I did tell him, Lord, it's obvious I can't do this job here in Bartlesville. But if you'll send somebody else that can do it, I'll take that job in Texas and I'll send enough money back here that whoever is taking charge of this church will never have to worry about money. Now, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I didn't need to. I heard it anyhow. Said something along the lines of, I don't need money. 
I need somebody that'll go where I tell them to and do what I've assigned them. Yes, Lord, and I went back home. <laughs> Only time I ever really resigned the church in Bartlesville. God doesn't need money. He needs folks that'll learn the tools of the trade and then put them to use. Oh, by the way, when I got back home, the mail had just run. And I went to the mailbox, and there wasn't any money there. <laughs> and for the next several months, <laughs> yay, years. <laughs> but the hand of God was there. And shortly after that, we had one of the largest revivals that Bartlesville had ever seen. And most of the folks that came in didn't have a dime. But God said, I don't need money. And he proved it. He proved it. He's just looking for somebody that'll make themselves available, that'll learn the tools of the trade and go to work. Let's stand. Let's commit ourselves for a few moments. God, I want to be used of you. Help me to learn. Help me to use what's at my hand. Help me to figure out, oh, Lord, as I go, what I should be doing. Help me, Lord, to walk in your ways.